Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. On July 4th, 1776, a country was born. For on this day, 13 colonies declared independence from Great Britain and became the United States of America. The events leading up to this day were anything but casual. For a little over a year, the colonies had been in bloody battle with their oppressors in what is known as the Revolutionary War. And more than that, after the colonies declared to the world independence, the battle waged on. From 1775 to 1783, the Americans fought to make their declaration a reality. As a child, I can remember romanticizing war. My brothers and I would have pretend battles in the woods behind our parents' house. We would make machine guns out of sticks and we would use apples for grenades. We had a lot of fun battling, sometimes late into the evening. War was exciting. I read a book called The Red Badge of Courage, which even though it was graphic and it was scary, it inspired and it thrilled me. As a man, I still like a good war movie. I've even played some video games depicting intense battle. But overall, my outlook has changed considerably. I understand that war is necessary in the world that we live in. But war doesn't thrill me. It scares me. It saddens me. I cannot imagine being in a place where people are dying on my left and on my right. I cannot imagine imagine having a bullet pierce my skin. I cannot imagine somebody wanting to or being duty-bound to shoot me. Death is so final and it's so horrific. When God created man, he never designed him to know death. Death is not natural. Unlike God's creation, death is not good. In America's war for independence, there, was not, there are not accurate numbers of the loss of life. But it was a bloody affair fought on our homeland. Wars were fought on family farms and small villages, much like the town that we live in. Imagine the sense of fear. Imagine the sense of purpose. You will not take my home. You cannot have my family. I have declared my independence from you, and I will remain that way, even if it means giving my life. I will fight. I am willing to die. Or as Mel Gibson's character in Braveheart so famously said, you can take away my life, But you cannot take away my freedom. 
Today, we celebrate this grit, determination, or tomorrow, this grit, this determination, and sacrifice with things that bring us joy. I will probably watch a baseball game. I will hear fireworks outside my wall that I don't care to go see. (laughs) But we will have cookouts, and we will enjoy the company of family and friends. We are far removed from the battle that was waged to earn our independence. And now we, we appreciate the fruits of our forefathers' labor, their sacrifice. Because of what they have done, we are a free nation. As Christians, we too celebrate an Independence Day a day in which we were declared free from sin, from death, and from the power of the devil, a day that we were declared free from his tyranny, that day was our baptism. But unlike America's independence, which is now realized, us Christians are still at war. The devil, the world, and our very own sinful nature still attack us in our homes, in our communities, and unfortunately, even in our pews. The battle wages on. And it will wage on until the one who fights valiantly for us returns from heaven at the sound of the final trumpet. And when Jesus Christ returns, the battle will be over and the freedom will be won. The same freedom that was already declared upon us for Jesus, for the sake of Jesus' cross on the day of our baptism. What a day that will be. The forefathers of America and soldiers after have fought and died in bloody conflict to earn and keep our nation's independence. But I have news for you. This great country of ours, the United States of America, it will fall. The only country that will last is the church. God's true Israel, formed through the bloody sacrifice, not of an army, of one man, Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God. He fought the battle that we are unable to fight, and this fight was not glorious. It was a fight that all of Jesus' disciples, save John, turned their eyes away from. It was a battle that caused God the Father to forsake God the Son. It was ugly. It was gruesome. The Bible says that Jesus was marred beyond human semblance. Our champion, he was struck in the face, he was spit upon, he was whipped, He was scourged. He was nailed to a cross. 
see from the cross. See from his head, his hands, his feet. Sorrow and love flowed mingled down. And with each battle scar that Jesus received, our sins were taken away. By his stripes we are healed. And the chastisement that was upon him has brought us peace. It bought us freedom. Galatians 5, our reading from last week says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. After the United States of America declared their independence, they fought seven more bloody years. But they had declared their independence. They would not submit again to a yoke of slavery, even if it meant their life. You have, be, have been declared righteous. You have been declared free. Do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin so that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were brought to the battle in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Now the scriptures also remind us that if we do give in to sin, I guess I should say when we do give in to sin, we have an advocate. St. John wrote, my little children, I'm writing these things to you so that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. He is the propitiation for our sins. And not only for ours, but for the sins of the whole world. So in other words, if in this battle of life you are struck with the enemy's arrow, your only defense is to confess that sin so that Jesus can once again heal you with a declaration of forgiveness with his body and blood already given and shed for you, for your forgiveness. He alone ensures us a place in that country to come. And do not fret, my friends, for we are sure that our declared independence will be realized freedom. We have a sure hope in the victory of the Son of the living God, for on the first day of the week, he rose from the dead. And he has captured for us everlasting life. Of that, you can be certain. 
Rejoice with Jerusalem, the Bible says, and be glad for her. This is talking about the new Jerusalem. Rejoice with Jerusalem and be glad for her, all you who love her. Rejoice in her joy, all you who mourn over her now. For thus says the Lord, behold, I will extend peace to her like a river and the glory of the nations like an overflowing stream. You shall nurse. You shall be carried upon her hip. You shall be bounced upon her knee. As one whom his mother comforts, so will I comfort you, God declared. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. You shall see and your heart shall rejoice. Your bones shall flourish like the grass. And the hand of the Lord shall be known to you, his servants. And he shall show his indignation against your enemies, those who attacked you. The declaration of independence that you have as Christians will one day become the freedom that you will live in. And all who trust in the grace of God found in Christ Jesus will be with him forever. Unlike the nation that we live in now, our heavenly nation will last forever. And now the peace that surpasses all understanding. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until he returns for you. Amen.